You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Masters of Sex After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Masters of Sex After Show. All right. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another recap of Masters of Sex Season 2, Episode 2. I'm so excited about our theme music. I think it's sexy. I, I can love hear it. Yeah. the orgasm part in it. It's almost <laughs> like an or. I can hear it. You're seeing as everything, the toothpaste blowing as yeah. it happened in the opening I sequence. I can hear it. I like it and appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, tonight with me are my co-hosts, Bobby Demure. Hey, don't even worry about us. We're just Instagramming right now. Sorry. Yeah, because they're so, busy, busy, Not a big busy. deal, not a big deal. You just take the show over. Okay? <laughs> By the way, this is the orgasm part. Did you hear it? Okay. Uh, all right. I need and a cigarette now. For... <laughs> oh, no, I messed up my... Oh, sorry, it was... We were having technical uh, difficulties here. Sorry. I always have issues. I'm so sorry. (laughs) We've got Roya here. Hello, everybody. Lord have mercy. And we're missing Spicy this week, but she'll be with us for sure next week. So, hello, girl. We miss you. We are here talking about you and missing you. Um, And then me, of course, your host, Jenna Couture, recapping. Um, This one is called Kyrie Ellison. I hope I'm not saying that wrong. Something like that. It's Greek. That, it's Greek. It's Greek. It's We're Greek. not scholars of Greek literature. So. I know. But it, uh, Bobby did look it up. And what is it, Bobby? Lord have mercy. It literally translates to Lord have mercy. Although the phrase predates Christianity in the Bible, that's sort of what it translates to. And it gets used in Christianity in both Eastern, like Orthodox Greek religions and in Western Christianity. So, awesome. Lord have mercy, like from Jesse from Full House? Yes, that's okay. exactly. Just wanted to what make like. sure. For, for those of you who are religious scholars, it's something Greek that predates <laughs> yes. the Bible by hundreds of years. For those of you who are full house scholars, yes. it's just like what Jesse would say. Exactly. As soon as I learn how to say Kyrie Ellison correctly, I'm going to start using that one because that's a that's a good one to have. That's on. like that's like one of those good tattoos. I feel like somebody would get you know. <laughs> yeah. You have a tramp stamp stamp of it already. Yeah, don't you, you can write it in Greek though. <laughs> So tonight's episode um, started with an unknown story, right? We're at dinner. We're at the dinner table with an unknown couple, and um, it seems like it, there's some sort of tension. And a daughter's trying to like leave the table, and she's bleeding, and we're curious. And then it just kind of dies off. So we're just curious. And I thought that was going to be Kyrie. I thought that yeah. that was her name. Like I, I thought that was what was happening. But no, I thought it was interesting how they set that up, though, because you already know from the opening shot they are a wealthy family because they're at a big old table. Almost looked like dad. Barton's house. Yeah, I was a little. I thought that I didn't have my glasses on. I could, I could see. Um, <laughs> I thought that's what was happening, but no. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting way of filming it, of setting it up right away, of figuring out who these characters are, and. It was, and of course, when she tries to get up, she has blood on her hand. I was like, "Ooh, what so is she doing under on? that?" Neck? And then it completely <laughs> cuts off to that. Mm-hmm. So, and then, uh, uh, did you guys think? I thought she was like a younger girl, a little bit younger, fourteen or something, maybe yes. like having her first period. I thought it was totally thought yeah. it was first yeah. period. I was like, "Oh wow, these people are crazy. Why don't they just?" <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> yeah. the mom surely has been through this before. So why did yeah. she just deal with it? I didn't understand what it was until we learned about it. 
Yeah, and so then we go back to the hotel, and I'm not sure if this is a different day or what's going on. I think it's this is another time with Virginia and Dr. Masters, and they're discussing Barton, and they're trying to figure out where Barton is. Dr. Masters is having trouble getting a hold of him. Um, Virginia's getting, you know, um, blown off by his receptionist. And so, and then Virginia has a funny conversation with Dr. Masters about when it's her turn. She's like, you know, I've got to give proper notice to Dr. DePaul. So, you know, about when I'm going to be going to Memorial to work with you. And he's like, um, well, I don't have space for you just yet. Because as we remember, um, Dr. Masters was paying Virginia out of his own pocket for mm-hmm. her to be in the study. So that was an interesting conversation, a little dynamic. And she was like, wait a second, I'm not? She's like, well, I'm going to definitely take care of your receptionist and get her out of there. Mm-hmm. But that whole conversation I thought was a little weird because remember the dining room table or the dinner last episode with Masters and Dr. Greathouse Mm -hmm. uh, discussing Virginia and Libby was there and she kind of made a comment. Oh, she's going to be there. So I wondered if that was Masters pushing it back for Virginia because of Libby or if it literally for the study... Definitely Dr. not Greathouse for Libby. <laughs> I, I think I think it was uh, simply the case is what we see with Dr. Greathouse the rest of the e- or Doug Greathouse, not doctor. I assume he's just an administrator. With Doug Greathouse the rest of the episode is last episode Doug brings in Masters and oh Doug's going to be kind of the savior and yeah he's rough around the edges and he kind of is joking about the sex settings a crass guy but he's also good because he'll bring in Masters and he'll let Masters do whatever he wants <laughs> not so fast mm-hmm. because yeah. we learned today he's so controlling this is maybe another way he, where he's controlling he gets Masters to come into Memorial to sign on to come to the hospital to start the new job and then Doug's almost like hey buddy now that you're here I'm going to pull the old bait and switch on you yeah, and this totally. is what it's actually like and I think Virginia was the first thing we're not going to bring her along. Yeah. And then everything else Doug does in this episode right. reinforces that. Totally. it's a good point because his new secretary is a gem. Right. Yeah. Doug would say. Hey, Babs. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Babs. All right. And then we kind of cut towards Dr. Masters being at home, right? And, you know, trying to get dressed and meeting with um, – we have the first interaction with him and the new nanny, right? And we have a really curious um, – display with Libby, right? Because he's trying to find his shirt. She's confident she knows where it is, but she's they, you know, even the uh, nanny can't find his shirt. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of puts her foot down and says, this domain is my house. Like I have talked to Dr. Masters and I know, like I'm the one that makes the decisions here for me and the baby. You know? And I think I said that exact thing on the after show last week, so I think they're watching the after shows <laughs> in the Masters yeah, Sex Writing Room I think so and too. they're rewriting scenes. Yes. Just, didn't I say something along the lines of Libby's domain is the home, and Dr. Mm-hmm. Master's domain is it was like a, the same exact echo. <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. <laughs> right? So glad you're here. Right? right. So yeah, I mean, I don't want to brag. <laughs> right? And then we have a curious. Then we've got Betty, who I love. Betty, I'm so glad that we are seeing more of her in this episode. You know, more of her this season. Um, and she's coming to work with um, Dr. Masters, and she's kind of forcing herself in. You know. Well, she's not him. working with him. She's, she's trying not. to get pregnant, and so she's pretending to get to be there. And um, it's inseminated. Is that what? It, yeah, for fertility. Yeah, fertility. Yes, and she's pretending to be there, but she's just hanging out in the right. waiting room. Right. So while she's in the waiting room, the first day that she's there, Doug comes in to welcome Dr. Masters and says, you know, I would take you around and show you who's who, but we've got a VID, very important donor here, and we need to do the right thing. We need to do anything they ask. And so that's when that unknown story becomes 
um, mm-hmm. announced to us as a viewer as who this person is. And so they come in with their daughter who has, we come to find out, has terminated not one but two pregnancies. That they know of, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, just like, as a woman, I'm just like, terrified to think about trying to do your own abortion and what that must have been like and how close she probably was to maybe bleeding to death. Like, it was just... I wasn't expecting that. Were you guys expecting that? No, not at all. No, yeah. I I do, like, before we get into Rose's story, because it's maybe the most significant one of the episode in a lot of ways, I do like how in the first two episodes now of season two, and they did this in season one too, but the first two episodes of season two, how accurate they are with hospital portrayals. It's not just medicine. It's not just patients and doctors and nurses and studies clashing, but it's the idea of the hospital as a business. And coming from a you know public health background myself, not to talk about me because y'all don't care, um, <laughs> but coming from that background myself, I, you, you have to understand in hospitals how much money talks and how much donors yeah. talk. And when donors give money to things like hospitals, colleges, other places like that, what they expect matters, and I think it's a very accurate portrayal. Maybe it hits it over the head a little hard. Maybe we'll see Great House again and again and again and get tired of it. But as of right now, the way Great House is as a businessman first and a medicine man second, I see that and I say, absolutely. I can. I, I understand why they do this. I understand the reality of doing this. And I understand how that clash between Great House and Masters is going to continue to happen because for the hospital's administration staff, it's the bottom line. And mm-hmm. for the doctors, it's the medical bottom line. Right. And those two things don't always look eye to eye. Right. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's a really hard place to be in as a doctor, especially, you know, his first, second day. I mean, like, I'm not sure how much time is elapsing here. But, you know, to go on staff and have, you know, you know, her parents, so Rose's parents basically come in and ask Dr. Masters to sterilize her because she, they can't keep her from having sex with other people and they're catching her at the young age of 14 and, you know, and this poor girl thinks that she's got like an addiction, a problem and that she's a whore and, you know, it's, it's super sad to see and, um, and so, and it's just a, I'm, you know, I was really surprised the, the stance that Dr. Masters took. Were you guys? I mean, I, I wasn't because of Betty. When Betty wanted that surgery, he was against it because he's like, you know, you don't want to do this. And of course, you're going to regret it. And down the road, she is regretting it mm-hmm. while she's still in the waiting room hearing all this going on. Right. So it's kind of an ironic situation of kind of it happened the first season and it's back in the second. I just, I thought it was really interesting that even today, the topic about abortion is still very oh, yeah. sensitive. And back then, it definitely was. Yeah. And I think Masters is pretty consistently progressive for that time period, maybe even a little progressive for today. We've seen him with Betty, like you mentioned. We now see him the way he deals with Rose in this issue. And we see him with Barton when Barton was trying to do that electroshock therapy. And Masters didn't say it in as many words, but his looks kind of conveyed like, dude, that's junk science. Mm-hmm. This is not going to work. Electroshock therapy can't make you not be gay. So right. for the time period, considering sexual medicine in the 50s and 60s, Masters is very progressive for that time and really the rational speaker in that regard in this episode and in this show and we need him to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we have, um, it quickly just kind of, you know, touches on Dr. DePaul in Virginia, right? Yeah. And then they are trying to put together a training video. Mm -hmm. And Dr. DePaul is having, like, some very strange behavior. She's um, kind of nervous about this. She's had a bruise last week that we couldn't explain, you know, like, and they, they're just starting to kind of touch on that. And then later it kind of goes to, 
um, it kind of cuts to Austin helping um, Vivian because we see Vivian come back in on the scene and she's got a broken arm. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, yeah, I did this with tennis. And he's not asking her any questions about her. Austin, yeah. He's yeah. all about trying to get in her pants, but in a subtle kind of way. You can see him trying to plant that seed. And she's just, uh, nope. Uh, literally so, plant that seed. Yeah, literally. Because Austin needs a rebound, okay? He, Everyone needs a rebound. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we see um, we see um, Virginia and Vivian, because Virginia is trying to get the, you know, she's trying to figure out her mind is so one track. She wants to know where Barton is because Dr. Masters wants to know. But to answer your question about the time frame, I think because of Vivian's arm, it could not have been that much farther from the last right, episode. Right, maybe a couple yeah. of days. Because she'd be in pain and you can't go yeah. on weeks without getting your arm yeah. looked at, right. especially being fallen on. Um, and, but yeah. and Austin said four to six weeks in the cast. So time frames moving forward, we might get a hint whenever Vivian comes out of that cast. Just sure. to remind, you oh, know, two good. episodes from now, we may know other time frames. Because if she gets out of the cast, it may be four weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. Right. And so Virginia, not even thinking about Ethan or or Vivian and how that, you know, how, what that big elephant in the room is, completely ignoring it. She's mm-hmm. like, hi, where's Barton? What's going on? And Vivian totally lashes out and, you know... Uh, accuses her of, you know, getting involved with Ethan and just to mess around with him because she's bored and that she's ugly and she's going to end up alone. I mean, it's terrible. What a performance, by the way, by Rose McIver. It was amazing to see this character from last season, Vivian, be a child, basically. And now because of her father hanging herself, himself, trying to, she's her character is completely different, more mature now, more everything. And it's just she was so powerful in that scene even with Masters when they were talking. And I like that we saw her and not her mother. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that we saw her. And I know she was the one who was physically hurt, so we had to see her with the arm, I guess, at some point. But I like how she talked to Masters about it, and she was there with Austin, and she was doing all this stuff, and Mom wasn't hanging around. Because yeah. it is that idea of not only is she not a child anymore and she has to get serious, but she doesn't need Mom's help to go to the doctor anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was in college, like, I'd go home, and Mom would come to the doctor with me. and she Your mom sit in still there. does. Yeah, she does. <laughs> Mom, I got an eye doctor appointment next week if you could fly out. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying. It's like, it's good to see Vivian actually become an adult in a lot of ways and take the agency to have that conversation with masters as on some level equals people who both know barton very well and are equally involved in barton's life in different ways and they need to have this conversation together Mm -hmm. right and then we see dr dittmer um dittmer am i saying that right yeah dr dittmer um approaching vivian again about um ulysses Am I saying that right? Ulysses, yeah. Ulysses, okay. Not to be confused with the former uh, Civil War general and president Ulysses Grant, of course. <laughs> yes, no, not at all. <laughs> um, and so so it, he is making... I don't know why I looked at Roy when I said <laughs> She's a Civil War buff, that's what it is. Apparently that's my nicknames for certain things, I guess. I, use. <laughs> I don't Civil Wars. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, so they, Dr. Dittmer, is, um, when he started approaching Vivian... I thought that he was approaching her in a in a uh, professional manner, mm-hmm. and, it, and he approached her again, and she accepted um, right as she's leaving. And then it cuts right to Virginia being with Masters again, letting him know she goes to visit um, him at Memorial and lets him know that uh, Bart- Barton's on a leave of absence and that Vivian won't say anything to her. And so that's where we see Doctor Masters meet Ro- or Vivian after um, after school like late at night and she opens up and tells him everything and that was kind mm-hmm. of like a oh, finally like I was like how long are we going to go without Dr. Masters not knowing what's happening to Barton 
So that scene was hard to listen to as well. Like from personal experience with suicide and stuff, it that was definitely a difficult scene to listen to. And when he dropped the keys, I was like, oh, Masters, I feel you, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so, difficult. I mean, there's, um, there was a sense of of relief I could feel on her end for like, oh my god, it feels so good to talk to someone about this. And then also, you know, she's. It was kind of funny that her family was hiding it so much from Doctor Masters because she was like, you know, he always thought the sun and moon sat with you, you know. And so, it kind of always. I don't know if we were talking about this or someone was talking about this in the comments. If um, Barton ever had a crush on Doctor Masters. I don't think he does. I, I mean, I saw that comment. No, but I was like, the set, you know, when I think about someone that I think of that, you know, sets the sun and the moon, I think of someone romantically, not another female, but I but don't know. But the daughter doesn't know that he's gay. Yeah. So maybe like just l- kind of saying that he yeah. trusts you in every way. And I think we have to look at Barton's predisposition for what he likes. And it's younger men. Masters never really would But he met fit. him when he was younger. Yeah, he did. But did Masters ever really fit that kind of younger boy image or whatever? Dreamy like what blue Barton's eyes? Like? No, he didn't. <laughs> yes. Okay, fine. Fine. I'm wrong. There goes my prediction. <laughs> okay, and um, just real quick, I want to take a break and uh, thank everybody who has written on iTunes and YouTube. It super helps us out to let us know what you guys like about the show, what you don't like, um, anything you guys could do. A five-star rating on iTunes really helps us out and helps us score better and it helps AfterBuzz TV, um, you know, make more content available to you. And then YouTube, we love interacting with you. If you guys are on Twitter, we love that too. So just um, keep us in mind. Yeah, good thoughts, good comments. We love hearing from you guys. And in spite of Roya, we hope the show is pretty good. So you Wow, know. Bobby, get out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> See ya. No. I'm done early tonight. <laughs> uh, okay, so then we had... The comment... Sorry, I just want to throw out real yeah. quick. When Vivian was talking to Masters and she's talking about the Tower of Pisa, it just reminded me of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I know it was really off topic, but... <laughs> okay, I'll leave, guys. Bye. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Tower of Pizza. Oh, that's a goofy movie, movie too. Okay, guys. Anyways. Jenna, back to you. Anyway, yeah, I'm so, sorry. Just mute my mic right now. So, Roya <laughs> touched back on that with Dr. Masters. So, after he talks to Rose, we see him at his car at a moment, and it's he drops his keys, and he's just having... It's, it seems like he's struggling a little bit to breathe. So, I'm not sure if that's like... Um, a heart attack. I mean, Dr. Masters really has no safe place right now. He does not have a safe place at work because he's not comfortable. Barton's not there. It's totally new. And then at at home is definitely not safe, yeah. you know, and it's like, and now his, one of his biggest mentors, you know, has tried to commit suicide. I mean, he's in a, a huge place of struggle right now. So I'm not sure if this is a heart attack or... I think it was just a moment of just letting go and then collapsing and everything finally hitting him because that I kind of related in that feeling where you're kind of like, Oh man, like could I have done something to stop it? I knew it was going down this pathway. Could we have stopped it? And, but it's all that what ifs that play in your head. Right. And we're seeing in now each episode, we're seeing a moment of struggle. So, you know, he runs, you know, he's taking a moment alone and he's last, last episode, he was running, 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 running until he couldn't run and he was struggling, you know? And then this one, we're kind of seeing it too. So I'm just curious to see how that's going to play along the that struggle. Could be a foreshadow, maybe. For something. Yeah. I'm not sure. 
So, and then we go, we cut back to Libby being at home and she's, you know, we're kind of seeing her relationship with Coral and she's, um, Coral, who is the new nanny and she's teaching her how to fold clothes and she's kind of opening up and they have this conversation about chatting and she's like, sometimes a chat is uh, essential. (laughs) Sometimes it's fun and sweet and kind. And it's those moments where I just want to reach out and hug Libby because I feel so sad for her that she is being shut out and she is doing everything that she can to, to be okay and to, you know, keep a, to keep a head up. Uh, Libby reminds me a little bit in this context here of, uh, of Barton's wife, of Margaret, in the sense that Yes, they have different issues they're dealing with with their husbands, mm-hmm. and I don't think that Masters is going to turn out to be gay, gay. like Barton was not, or whatever. Not yet. <laughs> but yeah, we haven't seen any indications yet of that, and we've in fact seen a lot of indications of the opposite. But it's the sense that Libby and, and Barton's wife are both working so hard to kind of keep the marriage together, keep the domain together, keep the life together, and in a way, they're both lying to themselves, to themselves about what's actually going on. You know, you know what's going on in your house. If you're the woman or the man, you know what's going on with your spouse, or you should, or you know, or you have a good idea of it. And Libby does kind of know what's going on, whether it's about Virginia or work or anything else. And and Libby is lying to herself, and in turn then lying to Coral and anyone around her, and not so much talking with Coral, not so much having a chat, but really just using Coral as a bounce back to mm-hmm. say, I'm going to say this to you, I'm really just saying it out loud to see how it oh, sounds yeah, to me. Oh yeah, she's definitely mm, working yeah. out her own therapy yeah. there, which was sad, and Coral could kind of pick it up, and she was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> this is where I'm at, <laughs> this is who I'm working for. <laughs> um, and so... Um, Coral's probably like, hashtag white people probably. <laughs> She seems great, though. Um, And then we kind of flash back to the hospital. um, And we've got... um, So Dr. Masters has had a talk with Rose. And he said, you know, this is not your problem. I'm not going to do the surgery. I can't. You've got your whole life ahead of you. And she's, you know, trying to... She's like, cut it out of me if it's going to help my dark side, you know. And so he ends up not doing the surgery. And uh, Doug comes in super upset with him, and he was like, now I've got to clean this mess up, and um, and I'm really upset that I've got to do that now. And um, But he's like, but, you know, let's not just talk about that. Let's talk about, you know, let's not talk about that jury thing forever, because he kind of blows it under, which you were saying, um, Bobby, that, you know, that's kind of a big deal to not do the business and practical thing, like do what the donor wants. Um, but he's like, let's let's talk about your study and how that's going, and let's talk about points of entry. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, it doesn't all have to go into, you know, the main, you know, and then it picks up with Virginia scene. Such great editing, yeah, back and forth. I a, love that sequence. That was a great scene between them with Dittmer and doing his thing. And Dittmer yeah. to us has proven has proven so far to us last episode to be more of an upstanding guy who yeah. actually wanted the scientific help. It turns out that may not be entirely true. Not at all. I cannot talk dirty to him. And then at the very end, when he's just getting all excited, and he just, you could tell he just orgasmed. sweating can make anybody (laughs) sweat. And then Doug is smoking a cigarette, and it calms that scene. (laughs) I love that tie-in with the cigarette. That was great. It was crazy. And so um, we, um, I'm not sure exactly, I think that Doug has the wrong idea about Dr. Master's you know, study. And so I'm curious to see how that's going to play out because he's Mm -hmm. talking about points of entry. So I'm curious to see, you know, how much of their work does involve, um, 
anal sex, if they talk about that, you know, or, you know, how that plays. And then Barbara, the new secretary, walks in, and there was some little weird chemistry. Did you see that between Yeah, that's what I was Doug? just going to say. I want to know... Maybe if that's what it's for. Exactly. I want to know how much of a gem Barbara really is mm-hmm. and what he meant oh, by that. Oh, I Absolutely. didn't catch that maybe at all. Because yeah. he said she's a gem, so maybe she likes it that way. Yep. And that's, she's a diamond in the rough, no pun intended. I don't know if that worked. That, no, that worked. That, that worked? Pretty okay. good. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, there was something real quick uh, before we move on. That scene before they got into the conversation about the sex study, there's, uh, Mar- Masters is talking about the sex, sexual dysfun- dysfunctions as a disease. Mm-hmm. Did you guys find it? Do you think today's world still believes that there is a disease with people with sex addiction or do you think it's still frowned upon? Oh, absolutely. I mean, sex addiction, there's absolutely... Well, you say that as a professional. Yeah. As a member of society who's an layman or better known as an idiot, let me speak. <laughs> um, no, I, I Look, we were talking about the thing. When we heard about Rose's story, I joked around. I said, oh, my God, it's like David Duchovny because didn't he have... Oh, right, California education. Nymphomania or whatever it was that mm-hmm. he copped to or sex addiction or whatever. Look at how people responded to somebody like David Duchovny or anybody else who uh, who admitted to going through that. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the press, everybody in the media, everybody in pop culture kind of made fun of people like that. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's not a real addiction. Good for you. You know, blah, 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 ha, ha, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't treated as an You look at, look at it as a sickness or an addiction or whatever, right. and that's clinically correct, and it should be clinically correct. That doesn't mean it actually is looked at it that Right, way. and I think that the biggest difference, to explain it in simplest terms, is, you know, there's um, obviously just someone that is just a cheater and that, you know, is, like, constantly having sex with different people. Austin. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I sneezed. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then there's people that are actually having sex and masturbating um, so much that it's um, chafing them. Um, it's um, masturbating or having sex to um, to until they have pain, and and that's no, wait, no, <laughs> Roya's pointer. Do not even point at me. Oh, I'm sorry, my bad. Sex addiction is not <laughs> a joke, you guys. That's true, Bobby. Why are you making a joke out of it? No, but anyways, my point of that question, sorry, I didn't realize that turned really wrong on my end by pointing to Bobby. Um, Roya's going to get it in the comments. She She's going to get it. You, sorry, des- you deserve she it. She doesn't play it. But it's a second point in the show, this episode, that there's still another topic that's still touchy on in today's society. And that's the thing. Even we're Abortion joking about it right this. now. Yeah. Even you're pointing to me a joke, and I know you're making a joke, but even you're pointing to me a joke about it. We are making light of it right now because it is. I'm not making light of not. it. But, but, I just want to. In a very small I just regard, bring Bobby down. to most people, it is a little weird and funny. And when you look at it professionally, it's weird and funny. <laughs> when you look at it professionally, it's it's serious. Yeah. But when you are on the outside and you don't get it, you're gonna think something like this is like what? What are they talking about? So I understand when Masters says these are diseases, these are sicknesses. I can understand Doug when he doesn't get it, or anybody else when they don't get it, because let alone right now, how could you get it? How could you get it in the sixties? Mm-hmm. There's no way. There's most people right. wouldn't understand. They I would didn't. say Austin is not a sex addict because um, he doesn't feel ashamed after it. I would say Rose is a sex addict because she feels shame afterwards. So that would be the determining line is if you're having sex and they would say that sometimes um, sex addicts will have trash can sex, which they'll have sex with anything, guys, girls, any, you know, anything they can have sex with, they'll have sex with. And then afterwards feel, you know, intense remorse and shame and ashamed of themselves for that. And so that's the difference between someone that has a true problem and someone that's just a jerk and that cheats. Mm. Because Austin is just a jerk that cheats. He loves women. Some guys aren't made for one woman. You know, like in monogamy, you know, it's been, 
you know, discussed several different times if it's really, you know, human nature to be monogamy, you know, like to be a monogamous animal, you know. No, I don't think we're penguins, but I do think that we are monogamous creatures because we have a very jealous, I mean, our jealousy turns kind of crazy when we find out someone else is like sleeping with our beloved. So Mm. I think that we're probably short-term monogamous, you know, like serial monogamous, not, you know, one for 90 years, but... So that's, that's just my little spiel on that. So. <laughs> Thank Anyways. you. I liked it, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so Austin, uh, sex addict, Rose, maybe. I think, I don't know. I don't know enough about Dick, Tom, and Harry and whoever else that she's having sex with. I can't tell if she really loves them or if she just has to have sex with them and has this urge. Well, she said she said she got these urge, whether it was men or boys, she just had this urge and she and couldn't stop until she took care of it. Yeah. So I think it that's to your point that it is an addiction. And then she yeah. feels yeah. this intense shame afterwards. Yeah. So. Um, and so um, this kind of ends on a lighter note where we, towards the end of the show, we see Virginia running into Austin and um, runs into him and he's like, hey, why don't you come into my office? And he's having a party at the <laughs> hospital, like in his office and people are dancing and drinking. Yeah. And they end up sharing a dance, which is kind of neat. And then he kind of tells her that, you know, they'll never have a romantic uh or, you know, interlude because they're both lone wolves, which I thought was interesting because Virginia does strike me as a lone wolf. Yeah. I never really thought about comparing their characters and how kind of similar yeah. they are. And that was a really interesting point out of it. Yeah. yeah and it was in inter- I didn't think that she would take a shot with him and I certainly didn't think she would dance with them. But I think after the week they had, she was like, okay, maybe that's just exactly what I need. I think it also points to the fact that she's lost all respect for him. Not that she maybe had any to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you come in there and you take a shot, I got the I got the feeling she wasn't enjoying it. She wasn't having fun with it. She was kind of like so beyond skeptical of him. It was sort of more like, all right, Austin, whatever you say, I'll take a shot. We can dance for two minutes. I don't really care, man. Right. You're ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Let me experience this for five minutes, and I'm out of here. You know. <laughs> and, it was, and and she sort of sent him the message that like you're not getting any with me, which he knew anyways. Yeah. He's like you're not getting any with me. This is ridiculous. But I'm just gonna live in the moment for a second, and then I'll see you later. For a half second, I thought it might have happened. <laughs> I was like, well, you never know. Virginia runs on her own, <laughs> beats to her own drum. So True. I was like, I would not not expect that. Um, and then we kind of see Doctor Mass. Um, talk to Rose about the IUD, which was cool. And so he's like, I won't do the surgery for you, but I will try to help you not get pregnant, and I'll put this in you. And so, which is interesting. I didn't think the IUD was that old. I thought the IUD was, like, within the last 10 years. <laughs> but turns out, no. Um, so that was cool. And it's it's. I thought it was really nice to see um, a patient case. I don't know if anybody's ever watched Grey's Anatomy, but they always had, like, a patient case in the show, which mm-hmm. was kind of neat. So it was kind of neat to see. We don't see a patient, a new patient every show. This so. is, this is like, the Law & Order style of Masters of Sex. Yeah, I yeah. like it. I was like, you know, that kind of... Because you get to see Dr. Master, or Dr. Masters outside of Libby and outside of Virginia and him act as a human and as a doctor. And um, you kind of... I don't know. I just see a more human side of him in that role. Um, so... And then uh, he comes home, of course, to a wailing baby and... Um, you know, I just feel like there's just more stress on him being home, you know, like with the baby. And I feel like he's going to be leaving the house as much as possible to not be around the baby. Yeah. Um, but he seems to think that Coral is competent 
and um, she was able to calm down the baby, which is great. And um, then we kind of see an interesting conversation between Coral and Libby about Libby correcting Cor- Coral's speech and trying to help her pronunciate better because she was like, you know, we're pretty much going to be raising this kid together, you and me. So it's going to be helpful that we both have the same speech, you know, which was, it was kind of a backhanded, like it was kind of. Oh, not even kind of. It was incredibly backhanded and racist. Yeah. It was, yeah. Absolutely. It was was racist. And there was, um, you know, Libby, that's not Libby. Like, I don't know what that, I don't know. Like, I don't know. That's the first time I've seen kind of Libby act out like that. I think it's pretty simple. I think Libby feels threatened with Coral because Libby's domain is the home. She said it herself as much. Libby couldn't find that shirt. So she had to go looking for it with Coral earlier. Um, And then Libby couldn't make the baby stop crying. Coral tightened the the clothes or whatever, the swaddle. And uh, and Libby's like, oh, so Coral is 18 and has no connection to the kid and is a better mother than me. Really? So, hey, Coral, I uh, I need you. I don't know if she thinks it explicitly, but a little bit. And so Libby's kind of like, hey, Coral, I uh, you talk wrong because you're ignorant and young or whatever she thought. Wow. I need you to talk right because we're going to raise the baby together. And it's sort of a backhanded trying to assert her dominance over Coral and feeling threatened. Definitely feel like Libby's trying to be I powerful. Didn't... She can't do it with Masters, so. Yeah. I did not think of it as a way of her being dominant. I think that's all she has. All she has is the domain at home. All she has is that kid. Mm-hmm. So when that starts to slip away, even minor things like this, babies cry for a hundred different reasons. It's no big deal if you can't get it to stop crying. But to Libby, it is a big deal. And when Coral can get it to stop crying, that big deal magnifies a thousandfold because Dr. Masters himself said, hey, Coral seems pretty talented. Let's keep her on when Coral stops the baby crying. And Libby's like, oh, no, like... I'm doing nothing of value here. I have to find some way to assert myself again over Coral. As small as it may seem to us, it's huge for Libby. Right. Wow, yeah. That was like, for me, I was like, wow, Libby is really, like, I know that it was like a, I felt like it was kind of like a a heads up for Coral. Like, hey, it's you and me, and you need to be able to speak right. But there was something else in there. I can't really put my finger on it. I'm curious to see what our viewers um, think about that specifically. So, guys, let us know. And then we have, like, a heart-to-heart between Betty and Rose. You know, Betty kind of slips in um, and talks to Rose about her mom and kind of gives her, like, some reassurance. Like, hey, my mom called me a tramp. There's nothing wrong with me. Here's a life lesson for you. Don't let people tell you what you are. Which was, I think, kind of nice, but maybe not necessary. Like, I don't know. Like, it was just kind of overstepped a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you know. Oh, I dis- I think it was great. I yeah. disagree. I think it was totally great because Rose, or, <clears throat> excuse me, Betty went through the exact same thing Rose went through in a lot of different ways. Uh, and then the idea of, quote, you're not your worst part. Oh, I love that. I that was, was Dr. Masters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. was a great quote and a great kind of button to end on with uh, with Rose. And she can kind of realize that. Your best or worst thing does not define you. Other people have said this, but you are not as great as your best day. You are not as bad as your worst day. You fall somewhere in the middle. And this is that same idea. And for Rose, who's so young, so impressionable, has been mm-hmm. through so much, is really still so immature because you're 18. You're not magically immature. That's a big thing for Rose to see yeah. and say, I have a future. Yeah. I assume her story ends, unless we see her again, yeah. I assume it ends, you know, relatively happily, I would hope, down the road. Hope. Yeah, no, I only thought I overset because I didn't think that Rose was really connecting with her. I didn't really think, you know, that Rose was, like, embracing the conversation, but maybe she did, and I didn't see that. Yeah. I, well, either way, that scene, I'm sorry, this whole episode, I, mean, I, I love, love the Betty. way they filmed a yeah. lot of this stuff. And in that scene with Betty and Rose, 
it was a mirror shot. Did you see that? So we had a shot of Betty, and then yeah, Rose was in, in the, the mirror, mirror, and it just kept getting closer and closer. I just, oh, loved it. And they did it again with Master, Virginia and Pam, the babysitter. Yeah. When Virginia's about to leave, it's another moment where it's just about Virginia and the shot reflection on the mirror. Did you ever consider maybe they only have one camera? Whatever, it's still great. They utilize that one camera very well. Very well, we yeah. like it. No cuts back and budget, forth. Budget constraints, yes. right? And then it's like we have all like this chaos going on throughout the episode, and then it ends with Bill, Doctor Masters, and Virginia ending up going in two different directions, but in the same spot. Right? Their cars are going in two different ways, but they're at the same spot at the end of the day, and so. They um, meet up, and it's kind of like um, a moment of relief that that moment when they're both together, they're both like, we're together, you know? And so she, he opens up her door, offers his arm, and they go into the hotel. That was so and it was, weird. I mean, and that Good. said enough. Yeah. You know, like, you didn't need to see any sex. You didn't need to see anything. Like, that said quite enough. I I appreciate the way they did this at the end of this episode because the end of last episode, remember they're meeting and they're sitting next to each other and they have that long conversation about mm-hmm. sex and continuing and the study and blah, blah, blah. And it was an interesting and necessary conversation, but it was long. And I remember it just dragging out and I'm kind of sitting here like, let's um, get to it. Girls have an mm-hmm. endless let's capacity for those conversations. <laughs> so I was eating every morsel of that conversation. Well, well touche. <laughs> but this episode, instead of having a conversation about it, instead of having some sort of heart to heart about where we're going again and mm-hmm. here we are they did it without speaking we're yeah. there let's do it it happened quick and I was like perfect it's a perfect compliment to yeah. the end of last episode same awesome. idea I liked different it. way yeah. to do it and we saw how they ended up going to that direction like that's their ritual now is, oh talk to the babysitter okay oh I'm on the phone they'll be sorry Libby. it's gonna be a while don't save my dinner it's okay go to bed yep. yeah so yeah that kind of cancels. I'm it gonna all be in the up future. all night having sex with Virginia. <laughs> I know. I was. I love it. And then so then we see the previews for next episode, and it's them in a hotel room. And he's like, Doctor Masters takes her like up against a wall, and all you really hear is Virginia say, "We're not the ho- we're not a ho hum couple." Did they say couple? We're not a ho hum. There's nothing ho hum about I us. I think that was yeah. it. Yeah, you know, and so that you know, I, I think I'm very excited for what's to come. So let's talk predictions. Roya, where are you at? What's going on? Well, guys, this is going to be a very difficult prediction. I think there's going to be lots of sex. Okay. I don't think we've. It's you know, I know it's really rare to see, but I think there's going to be sex. No, but seriously, no. We're actually going to see in this episode them <laughs> physically having sex, and it's going to be more. Uh, what would be the correct word to use for this? Sultry, sophisticated. Hot. Oh, I know. Connected, <laughs> connected? sultry, sophisticated, hot. <laughs> connected. Way it's to go, gonna be, Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's going to be more intense, and we're going to see it be more than just the study. That's what the next sex scenes with them are going to be, and, and that's what we've been leading yeah. to, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Bobby, what do you think? I am going to go with a Doug Greathouse prediction. I think our boy Doug, maybe my boy Doug. You're not, still in my prediction, you? probably don't you? like him. Um, Virginia, we know, is trying to get to Barbara Sanderson. And we know that Barbara Sanderson has a little something going on with Doug Greathouse. That have, is interesting. I can't believe I missed that. I have a feeling. Call me crazy that Doug Greathouse, God bless him, May have like sexually assaulted someone in the past. He's a little aggressive, you know. He's, aggressive. he's a little over the top. He's a little crass. He's got some power. He's got a lot of power. He's got a lot of intimidation. And I just have a feeling that Doug Greathouse does not 
completely come to sex consensually. I will leave that however you want to leave that. My point is this, that Virginia, as strong as she is, is going to start poisoning the women in the hospital against Doug Greathouse. And he is going to get slapped with a lawsuit, slapped with a crime, get fired. Something awful is going to happen to him. (laughs) Something awful is going to happen to him. He'll get fired or something bad will happen. He handcuffs by the end of the season. His marriage will end, whatever it is. And in turn, he takes that out on Masters in the sex today. That's a long-term prediction. It won't happen next week. But watch out for Greathouse. He's a loose cannon, and he is going to pay for what he has done. Oh, my gosh. I saw a a quote on Twitter, and it was like, your life will start falling apart, and you'll have no idea that it's happening or something like that. It was like a really badass one, but I can't remember it now. (laughs) It was like, your life is going to like suddenly start falling apart, and you're never going to see it coming. Like, and I was like, uh, Twitter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, um, I think that I'm, I'm excited to see. Um, I think that we're going to see a little bit more struggle between um, Dr. Masters and Virginia because I feel like they're both dancing around this, their feelings. And both, um, I feel like Virginia's not, Virginia, I think, I, I was as I was driving in today, I was thinking, she, I think that she wants to, impress Dr. Masters by making it seem like she's more interested in the in the study and I think she genuinely is but I think she's putting on a front for him too in a way because I feel like she does have some sort of new um, self-esteem by working with him like she's smarter because she's alongside of him and she gives her more confidence and he you makes know. her better he makes her better. So I think, but I still think we're going to see a lot of struggle. Um, I'm excited to see all the Doug stuff. I, I hope yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm like, maybe this whole season will go that okay, way. Well, yeah. For the record, guys, that was a prediction. That wasn't like a fact. Oh, I mean, it may not happen. Man. Yeah. So that's all that we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. And um, again, Bobby, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter at Bobby DeMiro, on Instagram at Mr. Bobby DeMiro, and on Snapchat, it's just my name again at Bobby DeMiro. And Roya. You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Hey Roya. That's H-E-Y-R-O-Y-A. Hey, Roya. And you can find me on Twitter at Genitime Tweets. Thanks, everyone. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 